Blog Talk Radio. This is a year of the soldier. This is, you know, stand up or, or fall back. You know, I don't really have time to be worried about whether you fuck with me or whether you don't. You know, I, I own a brand called Zero Fucks. So like, do you think that I give a fuck whether you fuck with me or not? I fuck with you. We have a million other things that we could be talking about and we could be doing. And right now, I think that my duty is to other human beings. You don't got to fuck with me. I fuck with me. <laughs> All right, y'all. So I'm going to go ahead and cut that short because I have to find a new alternative uh, <laughs> intro for church. So today is a good day. So it's Sunday, December 15th, 2019. We are approaching the new year, 2020, where everything is going to be divine and blessed. And it was on my spirit today to do a show about death, right? Because y'all know that death has transformed me. In many ways Since 1999 um, The loss of my father 2013 The loss of my mother uh, My grandfather Subsequently passed Before my son was born Which is why my son's middle name is Philip After my grandfather My biological grandfather Grandpa Ken passed Then his son uh, passed My mother's brother Then my mother passed Then her mother passed November 11th, 11-11, because, of course, in true fashion, that's what Jackie would do. Um, My girl, Shan, passed. And so my experience is that with death, right, there's a selfishness that comes with death. And I saw that um, when we were visiting my father in Roswell. Like, I I can't go back to Roswell right now because I just, it just it's it's like a heavy feeling for me, right? So, you know, when when you watch people um, die, right? We are very selfish, and I have to say this because it's on my heart to say this, um, and asking them to stay, right? So if they're in pain, or if they're ailing, or if they're sick, and they are unable to have a quality of life that they had prior. Who are we and and who are you to tell someone, please stay here because I need you? Please stay here because we need you, right? Even in children, okay, because I'm going to talk about death all the way around, right? When we watch, you know, so, so there's a saying, you know, only the good die young. So are you saying that we ain't shit because we have to live here and endure this improbable hell that we live in called Earth, right? So I decided to name the show The Death Card because it came out in one of my cards recently. And before I was into divination, I didn't realize what the death card was. So you see a devil card. A devil card is not really a devil. If you look at the actual card, especially in the Rider weight deck, since we all spiritual beings here, right? Um, the devil card just really represents choices and free will. That's what the devil's all about, right? And the death card represents rebirth, right? So it's funny because little Duval the other day posted something. He said, yo, who passed away around the time I was born? I'm trying to see something because you know he calls himself Sammy Davis Jr., you know, little Duval Jr., right? Um, and that's what people say. If you watch the Celia Cruz story, 
um, it talks about how I believe it was her mother or her aunt lost a baby and then that baby came back reincarnated. You know, so whether you believe in reincarnation or not, you have to believe that whether it's your parents, whether it's your children, whoever it is has touched you enough that you are going to live the rest of your life honoring them. That's why we hang the pictures on the wall, you know, so a lot of you talk about witchcraft and talk about these different things, not realizing that you participate in these type of rituals and these altars, right? So a wall with a bunch of pictures on it and momentum, like, that's an altar. I I hate to say it, you know, sorry to this man, but (laughs) that's an altar. When you're burning candles and all that stuff, those are altar calls. That is you giving your blessing. That is you blessing the home whether it's with scent or whether you meant it for whatever intentions it was, right? So the death card, when it comes out, means that something has to be let go, not die, but let go in order for you to move forward, okay? In order for you to release that energy, you have to let something, you have to let that go because the gods are not going to give you something new if you don't let that go. So when we talk about like our parents, right, so we watched my mom in a slow death, um, probably from, see, I came back in 2010. She passed in 2013, but it was a slow, grueling thing. Um, and we were, I write about that in the book, which is why I've been so tight-lipped about it, because my next book, which is Black Girl's Book of Shadows, due out whenever I can finish it, because um, it's difficult, right, because I actually have to talk about death. So part of doing your shadow work and all these things and setting your intentions and being out in the moon and all these things has to do with you acknowledging the things that hurt you or you acknowledging the people that hurt you and you acknowledging that you want to dissolve that pain. It has to be transmuted into something else, right? So I told someone, a partner of mine, to um, listen to the show Roba Sucio that I had. It came out uh, November of 2018 last year. And it was crazy because I was so hurt on that show because the person that I was with at the time, his father passed. And so although people deal with grief differently, right, um, the way that he handled his parents was unacceptable. It was wrong. And I don't care. You could die and come back 50,000 lifetimes. It's never going to be okay with me. And the reason I say that is because I don't have any parents at all, right? So I have my stepfather, and then there's just me. So I'm now thrown into the matriarch position, which I'm, I, I take it gladly, right? But when we have to talk about my mother, I mean, my mom was a G. Like literally across the board, you know, she comes from good stock. You know, my great-great-grandfather was the first black doctor in Pittsburgh. You know, my my family comes from a line, right, a lineage. We have a name, the Turfleys, the Scots, all of that in Pittsburgh. So to do anything less than regal is really beneath me, and I think that's why I get so agitated when people try to play me or try to cheat me or try to, you know, do things against me because I'm just like, have you any idea who you playing hardball with? So it's not even about the fact that I'm prone to violence or that I have an affinity to violence or that I'll wait 20 years to get revenge. It's that before I even got here, my ancestors was praying for me. So I know.
time had I been in the right headspace. And when I realized when I was coming out of the clouds of that death, I remember I went to Lilydale and I spoke to a woman named Gerda Weinstock. And she said that my mother came through and she was very happy where she was and so on and so forth. And then my father came through and they were arguing. Because this is real deal stuff, mediums, you know. Not everybody is a medium. You know, Teresa Caputo, the Long Island medium, stuff like that, that's a real medium. So I don't care whatever sensationalism they had, that's with it. There are people that hear our loved ones. It's a fact. So I'm listening, and there were certain things that this woman was saying that I was like, there's no way. It wasn't even like no random, like, like come on. Like, it, it was literally like, it was just too much, right? So she, she records it, and she's talking to me, and she says that, my mother was unhappy, and then she, she listed the cause of death, and she says, um, but your mom wants to know why it was a big deal. And I struggled with the fact that I wanted you here. I didn't, I didn't want you to be in a place where we can't touch you or we can't help you or we can't hug you or kiss you or anything anymore. I didn't want you to go. And then when you realize how much in pain my mother was, just in her soul, in her whole spirit. It was best that we let her go. It was best that she died in the manner that she did, you know. So, yes, it hurt me because I'm selfish and I'm a girl and I'm the oldest and I want my mom, right? And um, she had to go. Same thing happened with Shan. You know, I went to the hospital and I actually deleted the show where I was so emotional about her death because I was there, you know, holding crystals and praying over her in hospice. And um, actually she summoned me there. So if y'all don't know the story, y'all would know that I kept going in my phone to call my homegirl Shantina and something kept coming forward and just Shan, Shan, Shan. I'm like, okay, well, let me call Shan. And I text her, and she was in hospice, but I thought she was there for her mom, and she was there for herself. Now, she had been on, like, her third or fourth bout of um, cancer treatment, right? Mm. Sipping a little Malbec. And uh, so I sat there, and I stayed the night with her, and I said, we're going to have a sleepover. I'm going to bring champagne, and we're going to do all these things. And I deleted that show because – um, at the time, I was not willing to share my experiences with death with other people because I'm what we call death sensitive, which means that usually when I come in to someone's life or when I'm being summoned, right, it's because I'm there not so much to help that person die, but I'm there to ease the pain and answer questions and offer a kind word or my my work. That is my work. I even thought about going into being a death doula, which is someone that sits in hospice with these people as they pass so that they um, are comfortable, right, which is one of the reasons I also became an ordained minister. A lot of y'all didn't know that, but I actually am an ordained minister, the online kind, but I actually can perform last rites, funerals, weddings, all that stuff, right? So, and it's because of the way that people were treated in death, Right, no respect at all. The families, everybody. So with Shan's death, um, that jacked me up as well because you're watching someone who is your peer, who is your same age, dying, and it's it's nothing she could have done. 
And that's why when we went to the funeral and I still look out for her son, we're taking him to get fitted for his suit and just everybody loved the mom, the way that her funeral was handled, which I actually talked about on that show, Ropastusia was unacceptable. Um, the way that y'all allowed that preacher to speak about her was definitely goddamn unacceptable. And the way that y'all did her son after she passed, y'all burning in hell for that shit. Y'all are. There's no way that somebody could be deemed my best friend and her kids, whether I speak to you or not, is out here lacking and suffering and out in the streets with no shoes and no food and nothing to eat and stealing and doing stuff like that. There's no way. It's just it's not going to happen. So that put death, that death put something in me that I'm like, I got to do better. I, I got to really get my family together because y'all not going to have my son out here like that. Okay? And baby boy went through a little situation. He always knew he could come here, get something to eat, get a couple dollars. The only reason I even offered him a couple dollars every week since his mama passed is because I knew that he would come to the house and get it. So if I know that you come in every week or every two weeks to grab you a little twenty, thirty, fifty dollars, whatever, whatever, and I take you to get school clothes, whatever it is you you get, I know that you're gonna come. If there's a week that you missed, I know something's wrong. He's a young man, right? And so a lot of y'all dropped the ball with that last death. really care that she died. Y'all was more concerned about looking like you cared that a person died. And that death was another reason that I said we are so selfish in wishing that people would stay. I remember one of her family members saying that, oh, we gave it to God and she's going to get be okay. And I'm like, yeah, but scientifically, that doesn't make sense. She has this, 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 and this. She can't eat. Okay, so if she can't eat, she's already dying internally. Y'all wasn't there cleaning up the black shit that was coming out of her mouth for the 24-hour period that I stayed up there. Because in hospice, they just allow you to, to sleep peacefully, right? My friend wasn't going to die while I was there. And that's what a lot of those of us, that those of our, our family members that are sick, that's what they do. They wait until we're not there because they don't want to hurt us. So even up until their last breath, their thought is, I don't want to leave my family like this. They may not be ready. So a conversation I had with my mother before she passed, um, we were in the kitchen. And I just, I don't know why. She just, I, I feel like they know, right, because they start saying shit and they start doing shit. And I have another family member I need to reach out to because she's starting to talk like this. She's older. She's in her 80s. And um, I went to see her recently, and she's starting to talk crazy. She called me the other day. But anyway, my mom uh, said to me, she says, you know, you're going to have to take care of, you know, the family because, you know, David, he's so angry. You know, Mark's the baby. You know, Rissa's the baby girl. You know, your stepfather, you know, he don't know. You know, she didn't say he didn't know what to do, but she was just like, you know, he's not going to know what to do if I'm not here. And uh, she died probably like 10 days later. And I remember this conversation because it was almost like, some Jedi-type situation where she's, like, taking the lightsaber and, like, you know, knighting me on my arms, you know, on my shoulders. And so I take family very seriously, right? So my mom passed away. I had a struggle because the manner in which she died, I couldn't understand how someone with children 
would choose that, right? Or someone that we needed would choose that. You know, she had a good 30 more years on her. And um, when I understood trauma and pain, then I was able to forgive myself for even begging her to stay, right? So we judge and we look at suicides. And it is a blasphemy from God because basically what you're saying is is that I know more than my gods, right? So you disrupt fate when you take your own life, whether it's an overdose. Because what is an accidental overdose? You're ingesting something that you shouldn't have been taking anyways because you had, an, you know, an opioid addiction or whatever it is that you had, right? So I struggled for years, and I was so angry, and I did a lot of angry things, right? Um, but I sleep good at night knowing that I tried, you know, so I tried to stop whatever it was she was doing. My whole family tried to stop. I loved on her, like, unconditionally, my mother. I told her I loved her every single day, but we've been like that since we was kids. Like, there's not a day that goes by I don't tell my son I love him or it literally not a day, not a goddamn day. That's just how I was raised. Like, even if, you know, my mom could have just <laughs> slapped fire out of me, you know, I, before I go to school, she'd be like, listen, I'm doing this because, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, the old adage. And then, you know, and I love you, you know, and I'm like, fuck you. You know, I didn't say that, but I was thinking it, you know. And uh, same thing with my dad, right? So my dad is this mighty man. He's like six foot something. He's beautiful. He's gorgeous. And to watch him be depleted by cancer and die in his 40s. My father was my age when he died. Right, so I want us to look at death as a rebirth and as an opportunity for us to do what we're supposed to be doing. Right, some people look at death as an opportunity for a come up. Oh, now that this person is gone, I could take this or I could do that. And 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 it's death is very nasty. Death is very disgusting when you think about how people think, because it's not the end. Right. And um, so when I think about the death card, when I saw it in my spread, it didn't mean that anybody was going to die. It just meant that there was going to be a rebirth of something. So if you ever met my mother, you would know that 100% across the board, I'm my mother's child. Child down to the ponytail to the, mm -mm. they call me little brown cherry because, you know, my mother looked white, but she wasn't. And um, so everything that we do, right, that's a legacy, right? So when you are not in alignment, what you're supposed to be doing, which really all the gods want you to do is be happy and be fruitful. So whether you're not going to have children, be fruitful in your enterprise. Be fruitful with your family. Be fruitful with your friends, right? Give as much as you receive, right? Which is why I know a lot of y'all pray for me to just like totally lose it all or just totally just check out. It's never going to happen <laughs> because... Me leaving this realm would be like, like I toyed with suicidal thoughts when I was like in my teens because I just thought my mother hated me and I just, you know, I didn't understand that she was in pain too. So that's why I went to school for psychology and all that. As I got older, I didn't, I never really thought about suicide as an option because it's just like, if I go and I do something to myself, one of you broads is going to, like, capitalize off it. One of you dudes is going to tell lies and say that we was together and I was the love of your life. Because death 
is nasty. It's nasty, right? Everybody has to have the proper intention. So I'm not leaving this earth until I am in a place where I know that I got my park bench. I know somebody going to erect me a park bench somewhere for the good that I've done because the good that I've done outweighs anything bad I've ever done. I pay my penance. I pay my tithe to the universe. When we are watching our loved ones be sick, and then here's the other issue. You have a lot of y'all that are out here watching your loved ones be sick or watching them do drugs and watching them do things and you turn your back on them. And I understand. I get it. Like, you know, this person can't keep coming. They keep robbing you. They keep whatever. Please make sure the last thing you tell them is, I can't keep I can't keep doing this with you. You know I love you to death and I'm here for you if you need me. But right now this what you're doing is not in alignment with what I'm doing. So I'm not going to rock with you Don't let the last thing that you say to somebody be Because you a crackhead this or you a crackhead that You know, I'm not in communication with one of my brothers right now Over some money Like over over something that I said to him That was actually the goddamn truth And all I was trying to do with my brother was to let him know I can't make moves on the person that did this to you Because you keep standing in my way Because you're protecting this person And this is the person that will see you starve to death so if you want to have that kind of loyalty to that person, then you too can be dead to me in this realm, in this moment, in this time. I don't got nothing for you, okay? And this is not just the first time. This is a consistent time. So, yes, I was put here to take care of my siblings, take care of my, my family, but I've done that, right? And now if I'm in a situation where I'm being depleted of energy, I'm selfish if I keep paying other people's debts. You got to eat that. You got to do that for yourself. You know, when my mom passed, like I said, I was in a bad place, and um, it was so bad. Like, I, I literally just hated everyone, right? My mother and I had been made amends. When I had my son, I forgave my mother for every single thing she ever did to me because I said, I don't know how she did it with four, and it was just her. You know, yeah, she was married, and you know, here and there in between, but for the most part, I didn't understand. When I had my child, and I was like, this is difficult with just one baby, you know, she had four, you know, she had four, three all together, and then my sister came 18 years later. So when we talk about death and preparing ourselves for death, you have to always remember that really the part that you struggle with is the selfish part of you that wants that person to stay. Because if you knew that they would be not so much happier elsewhere, but they would be, when they say they're in a better place, right, it just means they're in a place of no pain. It means they're in a place that they're able to do a lot of the things they want to do. And a good movie to watch that I'm very obsessed with, and I watch it at least a few times a year because it reminds me, um, is uh, it's called What Dreams May Come. And it has Robin Williams in it, ironically, who actually committed suicide as well. And this is why this show got started same day that he committed suicide. Hours later, I started this show, what, five years ago. And um, the movie is called What Dreams May Come. Cuba Gooding Jr. is in it. And it's it's a very dark movie. It starts out with the death of children. Um, and there's a lot of people that would say, you know, they're atheists. And I've taken classes, you know, at University of Pittsburgh under uh, uh, Professor Gale that argued for the existence of the denial of Christ because of what happens, or God, because of what happens to children, what happened in Syria, what happened on September 11th, right? And then once you realize that death is just, it's just a, a pinnacle, it's just part of the story. 
and there will be a rebirth. It doesn't matter if it's a grandchild. It doesn't matter if it's a business. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, and I actually have a foundation named after my mother called the Sherry Foundation, and we tried to donate money to kids that were having mental health issues because there's a medication that they can take that that is actually time lapse released that actually costs $105 a month. I'm sure it's more expensive now. Nobody um, partook in it. So it just, the money sits there, right? Um, I feel that if we were treating death the way that we treated life, it wouldn't hurt so bad, right? So we wake up each day and realize like, oh yeah, I'm here. And we just, we go through the day, right? Death is the same way. You can't treat them different because you know that they're going to leave here because all that's where the guilt comes in. So I don't have a lot of guilt when my ancestors passed because I did everything I was supposed to do. And so if you find yourself, you know, and I said this to, you know, my brother during the holidays, I said to actually to my sister about my brother, I said, you know, I just not for nothing, you know, had a little cancer scare two years ago, had tumors, had them removed, hence my surgery, you know, did a, did a lot of stuff, um, had a lot of loss, right? And you would think, especially since I've never been sick in my whole life, I don't smoke cigarettes, never smoked nothing, I do a cigar here and there, you would think that my brother, right, or whoever would be like, let me reach out to her. I've lost friends that I considered sisters. But the thing, the difference between me and a lot of people is if I mourn your death and you're still alive, you could never speak to me again because I've already mourned the loss and I'm not selfish with you because they can have you. Let the streets have you. You belong to the streets now, right? So I think with death, we need to understand that it's okay to feel something, right? It's okay to tell your, your, your family members, hey, I love you. I know you ain't fucking with me right now, but I love you. I just want you to really know that. It's on my heart. When you see me come into the picture, like a friend of mine, his dad is sick. He's like my brother. Literally, he is my brother. And I told him, I said, I don't want to go see your dad because I don't want to get no vibes. I don't, I don't, because I, I see things. Y'all know that. Like, I feel things. I see things. And I'm like, I don't really want to do that because it's too close to home. Because that's like, that's, that's, that's my, my, my guy brother's brother or, or his father, my guy brother's father. You know, I don't want to see that. I said, so don't think that I, because, you know, when I get in there and then I'm sitting there and then I'm like, oh, you know, incoming, I got, you know, things going on where I'm like, yo, you might want to spend a little bit more time there. Nobody can tell you when you're going to die. Nobody can tell you how you're going to live. But what I do know is that I don't live in regret. So I know I may seem a lot to people, which is why I don't date much, because if I like you, I like you. And I'm going to tell you that I like you all the time. If I love you, I love you. I'm going to tell you that I love you all the time. And the reason that I do that is because, dude, you get, listen, my cousin Valerie was married to Lou, right? And I want to say it's coming up on the three-year anniversary. Thanksgiving weekend, he was coming back from the Galleria Mall. We called him Uncle Lou. And he got in a car accident, got hit by a semi. I can't make this up. A G. I'm talking about them been in federal prison, them withstood all of that to get killed Black Friday weekend by a tractor trailer. Um, a girl that I went to church with when I used to go to church down in Florida. I can't make this up. Her dad driving down the hall, you know, driving down the highway, very close knit Indian like Hindu family. Can't make this up on some final destination type shit. Some poles flipped off the back of a truck, ran through the truck. Now, mind you, this is all on like national news. I don't realize it's Naomi's father that got that got killed. You see what I mean? So we're not just talking about like 
plain gun violence. Like literally anything can happen. So if it if it feels like I'm coming on strong with people or I'm very, because I'm not very emotional, I'm very direct and concise. If I rock with you, I rock with you, that's it. I don't care if somebody came and was like, remember I told y'all, like I don't care if somebody came and was like, yo, he killed like 77 people, like whatever. That was before me. I don't know that person. I know this person right now, and I know he's not going to kill me. So that's where we're at. You know, my girlfriend's, oh, she was a whore. She was this, she was that. Well, since I've been with her, she ain't slept with nobody. So, uh, you know, so everything is objective. I'm just trying to make people understand that when death is around the corner or you're watching someone pass away, you're a real one for that. You're a soldier because who will watch life slip away, right? Right. So you have to be careful when you see people or you meet people that are very in tune with death, right? Death is, is like a um, it's like a love story, right? So you have to each and every day show up like nothing's going on, like nothing's happening, and yet you're watching this person slip away. Like I said, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's, um, you know, just dementia, that's also got to be another terrible thing to watch is for someone that you love so much to not even remember you, right? Um, My grandma, you know, uh, when she was passing away, she didn't remember a lot, right? But when she would see my son, she'd be like, Manny, 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 you know what I mean? And she would really remember who he was she would always call me sherry because that's my mom's name because she couldn't you know what i mean it was like she couldn't decipher so even then even a certain level of dementia is in between the realms right i want y'all to understand that death is the inevitable that's that's the only thing that we are sure of in this world which is why you know marriage is so important and partnerships are important and family is important because when that person leaves this realm, this earth, feelings don't matter. What matters is what was in black and white. And I've seen a lot of people die and, like I said, get done filthy by the very people that was hooting and hollering at their funeral. And I will not allow it and I don't play that. And like I said before, I'm going to reiterate this, even even the boy's father. Y'all should be ashamed of yourself, some of y'all how you treat people after people have left this earth. You really should. And you're not honoring them by keeping old riffs and, you know, keeping score and keeping tally. And I'm not telling you to be love and light, right, because you know that's not really what I do. What I'm telling you is is worry about yourself. Worry about why a particular death and, and how it's going to affect you so that you can prepare for it. Because if you did what I did, you wouldn't have no friends, you wouldn't have no family, um, you definitely would be sinking into a depression that not even medication can help. Because that was my mama, right? My mom. Like, that's all I have left, right? And um, that's why when I listened to that show, Ropa Susio, it was so heartbreaking because I remember listening to myself saying, like, Listen, here's a, here's a little tidbit I'm going to give you out of the book. So when my mom passed and they found her in the room, whatever, she died at home. You know, I was sleeping in the room next to her. And um, I remember Saladin was over my brother, 
and he said, um, I was talking to him, and I, I just blanked out. And I said, um, yo, I was like, am I an orphan now? Like, even though I'm older, like, what do you call that when an adult child has no parents? And I remember, like, everybody just, like, looking at me, like, in the house, and the coroner's there, and they make you stand outside when the coroner brings the body down because they think that you're going to have, like, some, like, negative reaction. It's like... You know, when you watch your stepfather, some people ask me, like, your idea of love is skewed. And I'm like, it is, and I'm going to tell you why. So my stepdad, he comes home, he says, Denise, what's wrong with your mom? And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, she was sleeping, because she was, she was always sleeping. And um, I go in the room, she has a smile on her face. I'm not going to get graphic into it, because it's in the book. And um, he gives her CPR. And I just, I don't know why, that just always stuck out to me veins popping in her face. She's been deceased for eight hours, and he gives her CPR. And so that morning, the la- I cannot make this up. The last thing I said to her, because she, she was very manic, right? And I said, Ma, go to sleep. She had woke up. She had made my son, like, chocolate chip pancakes and eggs, like, all of this, like, to fill his little belly before he went to school. And um, I said, Ma, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Literally, the last thing I said to my mom, and I'm so thankful because it literally could have been worse. It could have been worse, but it wasn't. So use these moments to think about, you know, not just your estate plan. Oh, that was the other thing. Um, People don't look at death the way you do. And then I'm going to end the show with this. Um, We almost had to beat up the pastor at my mom's funeral because he was doing an altar call during her funeral, like asking people to come to the Lord. And I'm sitting in the back, like I told you, you would have thought the Godfather died. Okay, we on crown. We we just, uh, my girlfriend Kendra flew up, and um, I got this veil on. It's all black. And uh, I was like, yo. He's like, yeah. Sherry called me to give herself to the Lord. And I was like, no, she didn't. There's no way. I don't even know you. So I said this out loud in the funeral home, which is owned by my cousin. I said, lock the doors. Because I also didn't want people hooting and hollering and coming up in there and things like that. That was selfish. But when you come to pay your respects, if you don't respect my mom when she was here, don't come now that she's gone. I don't like that. Then let her own mother there. And that's when I knew that um, my mother was living through me because she specifically told me, she was like, do not let these people, if something ever happened to me, don't let these people come to my funeral and cry over me. And I was just so hurt, right? Because I'm still a child. Like, I'm still, it doesn't matter if I'm 100 fucking years old. Like, I'm still a child. So, in the funeral, and he starts talking about this, and he's doing an open altar call. I was like, yo, I know you're not doing an altar call at my mother's funeral. This is me. Like, this is really who I am. Like, in the middle of a funeral, I don't care. And people didn't realize that was my mother, like, until they saw, because I was sitting in the back, because I was trying not to fall out. I'm numb. I'm I'm awake for days. And um, my brothers and them stood up like, yo, man, don't talk to my sister like that. So I start walking up because I'm about to punch him in his face like the preacher. I don't care. And uh, he's like, you <laughs> he's like, you sit down, you demon. And I was like, he's like, I'll let you talk. I said, you don't let me do anything. I said, end it now. So I start walking up. They all pulling me back. It was really bad. It was really bad. And pulling me back in the church, you know. And, um. Because you are lying on somebody that's not here to defend themselves, and I don't like that. 
So if there was ever a time that y'all thought that I was just something to play with or that I was being unreasonable or being unruly, look at the things that I've had to endure in my life because of death, right? So because of death, I have to live which means that now I can't put myself in harm's way. Now I can't be with low vibrational people. Now I can't be around people that I feel aren't going to love me or won't love me at some point because that's detrimental to me and my legacy and what I'm trying to do. Everything I do is to make sure that my mother and the rest of my family is remembered because a lot of y'all forgot about them. That's why I don't rock with certain members of my mother's family. So in death, I want y'all to remember that it's a feeling. Right, and you're okay. it's okay to feel things. It's okay to get your feelings out and to talk about what hurts you. But do it now before you don't have the opportunity to tell somebody that you love them or to tell someone that you forgive them. You don't realize how freeing that is, I would suspect, to somebody sitting on their deathbed asking, do you forgive them, Right or that you're going to do these things that you said you're going to do. I watched a lot of y'all promise sham things that you did not do. And that's why I be dragging y'all every single chance I get because I was there and I remember what y'all promised and you lied. You lied. You lied. So I'm going to leave y'all with an old Negro spiritual that I love by um, Anthony Hamilton. And I love this song because y'all know Anthony Hamilton is very um, soulful, right? And for some reason I thought about this song for the show today. But I want y'all to understand that death changes everything, just like love changes everything. But y'all do understand that life and death is really the same thing. Make sure y'all go check out that movie, What Dreams May Come. I think you can buy it off Amazon. It's like $5. You could catch it like in the Walmart bins. I think it would really change your perspective on death, on on life, on suicide, on child death, things as such, um, and even murder. So check that out. Let me know what y'all think. But for right now, do y'all feel what I was saying today? Are you in? Oh, am I 
your face. 